The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Let's get to the Irish Network's hotline. Hour number two is brought to you by Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Use the Action 24 app for your first deposit. Get a 50% match up to $800 using the promo code SWAINEVENT. Let's get to Don. Don, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Don. Well, sun's finally come back out yeah, a little. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit. Yeah, just, I tell you, yeah, it was rough Saturday. Um, I, I mean, as early as that, well, it wasn't a real early game, but, it was, you know, it was mid-afternoon game. I didn't watch another second basketball I just, I just can't do this I just can't do it you know I just and I and I didn't really yesterday until uh, uh, I started catching some of the late games uh, that were tight just to kind of you know see how some of the other teams are doing and especially comparing to them to us you know <clears throat> I've seen a little blurb on, on online I said Joe Lenardi was smiling after Tennessee lost, and I thought, what was he smiling after Auburn's loss, Kentucky's loss? How about Baylor, number one seed out? Uh, and Arizona, I did watch into that game, and they are very fortunate that, that wasn't another one, number one set in the house. I mean, of course, if you, if you're like Purdue and get to shoot 44 or whatever it was, free throws, it's kind of hard to lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was about ridiculous um but uh yeah it's hard to take but i i'm like you i mean you, you know coach barnes didn't let didn't go two for 18 and it wasn't like we jacked up a bunch of contested threes well in the last couple of minutes or more or less you know we hit missed wide open threes you know i mean um never thought triple j go over six uh you know it's just, and Ziggy go over four, you can go on down the line. But that's March Madness. That's why they call it. Uh, looked like Duke was done until a lot of strange whistles started happening. Um, <laughs> this is Coach K's last tournament, guys. Just a reminder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we need to let you know, you know, we, you know Coach K, you know, we him and he's, he's about to, you know, go depart into the sun. Uh, they, yeah, it was just, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, Ben was talking about Euros. Uh, I thought he was clearly our best big man Saturday. Uh, but sometimes, you know, stuff weird happens, uh, or the Peacocks wouldn't still be playing. The uh, <laughs> big guy, the big guy there for Michigan, if I, I don't follow Michigan enough to know for sure, but I read that he had only hit eight threes all year in 32 games, and he goes three for four. Yeah, not because and he they, can't shoot him, just because he decided not to. He can. He, he got a pretty stroke. Well, and what frustrated me was that Tennessee left him wide right. open. And Rick Rick did say post game that they wanted him to take that shot, and yep. I I understand that. But can we can we at least put a hand in his face and, and not leave good. him? Wide open because the one time we put a hand in his face, he missed it. He clanked it. Yep. And the other yep. times when he was wide open, he he hit the bottom of the net and then his little did his little arm down between his legs celebration down the floor and made me want to run onto the floor and punch him in the face. God, he's so he was so annoying, man. Like I got a lot of respect for Jawan Howard. I like I like that Michigan program. Hunter Dickinson almost ruined it for me, man. Golly, but hey. well, you know. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just talking about <clears throat> as bad as our conference has performed. Has anybody seen how many have survived the uh, uh, conference with the most player, uh, most teams in the uh, in the tournament? The one that sent nine. How many of them still standing? Is big, big ten or Big Twelve? Uh, no, I was talking about the little fourteen up north. The 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 fourteen. 
the other little fourteen. That's what I call the Big Ten. They oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, they got they got they got a couple of teams in there. They got Purdue uh, still in there, and they got Michigan and um, Iowa State. No, Iowa State's Big Twelve. No, 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 it's Big Twelve. Um, I think that's they got two. They got, they got two. Yeah, yeah, they got two. SEC just got one. Been a been yeah. a bad weekend for for the SEC, and in Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Deserves credit for winning, but they haven't looked good in their two games. No, and, nope. and that made I was I was mad watching Arkansas play because Tennessee plays New Mexico State and whoever that other first round team was that Arkansas played. Tennessee wins by double digits and is in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh sure, well you can look around, you know where a lot of them are. Uh, if we're playing the Peacocks instead of Kentucky, I believe we beat the Peacocks. But you can go on down the line, but and the draw means a lot and yep. everything, but kind of like it was uh, when uh, uh, Auburn went to the Final Four there a couple, three years ago. You know, uh, we we definitely should have walked into the Final Four that year. So, you know, lead eight at the worst, but, well, we didn't. Um, it's, just, it's just weird, you know, how all that goes. Switching gears a little bit, Ben's already talking about it. The only salve I had over the weekend was taking time to watch Tony V's boys just rip the hide off the baseball. <laughs> and and then South Carolina, who was coming off uh, two wins against Texas, had no hope against Tennessee's pitching staff. None. It was just uh, that, that thing, you know, that, that game yesterday with Drew Bean was just unbelievable, and it's hard to believe he's a freshman. How'd you like guys like uh, Tony V running out uh, that boy from South, that big six six guy from South Carolina there late? Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I enjoyed that, and the conspiracy theorist in me, and Swain knows I'm I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but I I, I truly think I'm onto one. In this situation, what Don is referring to is uh, Wyatt Evans, a freshman lefty for Tennessee who does not pitch a lot. He's going to be good for Tennessee, but just uh, there's a lot of pitching depth, so really no need for him to pitch a lot at the moment. He's been good when he has pitched, but he comes in yesterday to start the ninth inning for one batter. For one batter. And, And why? Uh, coincidence that he's from Greenville, South Carolina. Let's go. And it was a big recruiting win for Tennessee over South Carolina. And maybe South Carolina's coaching staff felt a certain type of way when they weren't really willing to give him the money that Tennessee was willing to give him. Scholarship-wise, that is scholarship money. Tony V came in and threw a lot of scholarship money at him more than the South Carolina staff felt like they deserved. Coincidence? No. That Wyatt Evans comes in and, and faces one batter? Not a coincidence, man. Against South Carolina? This is Tony Vitello, man. The Petty King. Remember? Yes. He is truly the Petty King. When it comes to recruiting, remember, this is this is why him and Dave Van Horn, Arkansas, got into it over recruiting. So you mm-hmm. know Tony was like, oh, okay. Oh, this, this is going to remind you. Yes, 1,000% why Wyatt Evans pitched because South Carolina was butthurt when they lost out on him. He was committed to South Carolina at one point, I believe, and then Tennessee comes in and, and throws a lot of money at him. And, again, he's from Greenville. So he should be pitching for Carolina. And if nobody noticed, Carolina could use the pitching this year because they, they are not very good. They, they've been hampered by some injuries, but – they could use all the help that they can get. So I, I appreciated that, and I also appreciated Tony bringing in Ben Joyce for the, the final two batters and, and sending Carolina home with a 104-mile-per-hour fastball. Here, here's Wyatt Evans, who you lost to me in recruiting, and here's Ben Joyce, who is pumping 104 in the bottom of the or the top of the ninth inning with two outs in a 10-0 to baseball game in which we have beaten you 23 to 5 on the weekend. Here's 104 on the way home. Forget Triple O. Tony Vitello is the true Petty Kang. Yes, hey. Facts. Triple O takes notes from Tony V on how to be petty. You know what they reminded me of? It reminded me of uh, I saw a uh, 
screenshot conversation between Pete Davidson and Kanye. And Pete Davidson reminded Kanye that he was that he was with his ex-wife. Like that reminded me of that a little bit. Tony was like, hey, <laughs> just want to remind you, we took this player from your backyard. He's so petty. <laughs> he's so, so he's so petty. This is from your backyard. He ours. We just want to remind you. I love it. All right, let's get to uh, Justin in Florida. Justin, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How we doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Yeah, I do like that petty approach by uh, Vitello. Just that little, little, little nudge, little jab in the ribs as they're you know getting on the bus heading back to <laughs> Columbia. I mean, I, I I love that man, and, and I think that speaks to the attitude of the whole team and the whole program in general. So, uh, love it. Keep that going. Um, want to kind of uh, ask you guys something and. You, Reference it uh, oddly enough on the previous call, and that's you know sort of uh, you know the Big Ten having so many teams still in the tourney versus you know the SEC. And, and Ben, I'm gonna um, ask you for help on this, but does it seem like Rick Barnes is kind of going the Billy Bean route in, in terms of? basketball and what I mean by that is you know the metrics say you know this style of offense is gonna you know lead to more points and you know taking a lot of three-pointers but in tournament play it's not really translating into wins and you know they saw the same thing with the Oakland A's you know that whole money ball approach kind of gave you a lot of regular season wins but it didn't translate into the playoffs is there sort of like a correlation here that our style of basketball just doesn't match up well in the tournament because you've got to essentially, what, put together five, six games in a row of shooting the ball really, really well versus more of a Big Ten approach of, you know, bigger guys down low, more high percentage shots. What, what are your thoughts on that? I don't, I don't think that Rick Barnes is taking a Billy Bean type approach just because Billy Bean was trying to squeeze every ounce of the orange he could squeeze out of it to make orange juice because the A's were so limited from a a resource standpoint and that certainly isn't the case with Tennessee basketball they've got talent galore over there and I, I do think that there's something to be said over the course of Rick Barnes's history uh, for, for what you mentioned uh, about maybe style of play, um, getting the best of him in the NCAA tournament. But I, I don't think what Rick Barnes runs was the reason Tennessee lost this particular season because what he runs, what he ran, produced open shots. The, the offense got open shots all day long. And for the most part, Tennessee made shots for the first 30 minutes of that basketball game, maybe not as many perimeter shots as they had been making, but Kennedy was was getting to the rim. Uh, Urosh and Brandon were trading buckets with Dickinson, uh, so the, the offense was putting up points. I mean, they had 37 points at halftime, and you sign up for that all day long, and it, it, Tennessee's players just went cold from, from the field the last 10 minutes of the game, so... I don't really think Rick's system this particular year cost Tennessee. Maybe you could go back and look at Rick's entire career in the tournament and, and find a correlation to, to what he runs being an issue in postseason play. But I, I don't think it was the issue this year because it produced open shots and the shots just didn't go down. Yeah, no. And, and the whole Billy Bean reference was more so from and, – and I agree that you know the money ball side of it was taking – undervalued players that had certain skill sets. It was more, you know, their style of play. They were very much about, you know, um, going deep into count, you know, walking a lot. And when you get into postseason baseball, you're facing better pitching staffs that don't walk as many, and you've got to hit your way out of it. And that's where sort of the metrics started to work against you. Um, That's more what I was referencing. Yeah, I also don't know how analytical analytically driven he he is they do pay attention to the analytics i've heard him mention that 
but he's not Nate Oates. Uh, he's not Eric Musselman, where they ride and die with the analytics. I mean, uh, okay, and that's more so what I was what, what I was asking. And again, you know, basketball is just not something I know. Um, say like other sports, but I've heard him reference it a couple times. I didn't know if he was a big analytics guy, and the analytics say, you know, this is the way we want to approach it, but you know, it doesn't always translate when you're in one-and-done scenarios because all it takes is that one night where a bunch of balls go in and out. And, you know, I mean, against Longwood, I mean, they were hitting a lot of deep, you know, deep-range uh, threes, and then they couldn't buy buy one on Saturday when they had clear open looks. It just – it's one of those things, and over the course of the season, the percentages say, hey, we're going to make this, but if one game you shoot – you know, over 50% from beyond three, you know, the next game could be under 25%, but it averages out somewhere around 37. So I was just kind of curious, you know, if he looks at it like that, but, um, you know, Hey, it was a great season. Uh, to guys like Fulkerson, you know, um, you know, don't know what Chandler's going to do if he doesn't come back. I mean, they definitely gave everything they had. And that's something I'll always respect about those kids. Um, you know, hopefully we bring back as much as we can. The guys we got, you know, take step forward physically, mentally. Um, you know, they develop. But but right now, hopefully Rick Barnes can, uh, you know, take the, the Deacon collar off a little bit and maybe use the NIL to his advantage and go, go get some pieces that he needs to kind of take that next step. You guys take care. Yeah, for sure. For sure, Justin. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, the NIL can really help Rick Rick out a lot, for sure. And there's been players on his team that that have benefited from the NIL. I don't know how comfortable Rick is as, as far as using NIL to to recruit. And to think that a, a recruit's not thinking about the NIL when you have two players from Kentucky who I saw with a post. With, with Porsches, how can you not not use NIL to to recruit? Because players are going to look at that and go, hey, man, are y'all taking care of y'all players? I think that's going to be important. So hopefully Rick embraces it. And I'm sure he will. Nah, I'm Rick, sure. Rick, Rick, is, Rick is smart, and – like I was saying, they they are just not gung ho on analytics. They they monitor them, they pay attention to them, they they do their homework when it comes to the analytics. But they they don't base every single decision off of analytics. Nate Oates, Eric Musselman, they base every decision off of what the numbers say. Uh, Rick Barnes still has that old school approach of. Uh, you know, having a feel for what's happening and and making, and he's willing to make a decision if he feels like it is the best decision, even if the numbers may not support it. Well, we sh- we only shot eighteen threes, right? So and was- I, I think the biggest thing was that he he adjusts to his personnel, and and that's why you saw Tennessee be a more perimeter based team this year because they didn't have any post players that you could really rely on. Yeah, and again, we didn't didn't even shoot that many. I mean, you shot you shot. 18, Michigan shot 16. They just right. made six of them. Right. And I, I think if this team had a, a Grant Williams, they, they would have pounded it inside, and Tennessee would still be playing right now. Yeah, man. Who 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 knows? I mean, if we go back and look at that Tennessee-Purdue game, and we looked at, okay, how many threes did Tennessee take in that game? And Tennessee had more of a post presence. I got it right here. Tennessee shot 23, 24 threes in that game with Grant Williams in the post. So you want to work inside out. Of course, you want the high percentage shot of a layup, but when you have ball movement and you make sure the ball doesn't stick and the ball finds an open man, that open band's going to have an open shot. In the, the day, you got to make that shot, whether it's a three or not. 
So Tennessee only shot 18, 18, 18 threes. The loss against Purdue, where Tennessee that season was ranked number one in the country, we were 50% from three against Purdue, lost that game because we couldn't make free throws and couldn't stop Brian Klein. But And we're missing dunks in the first half. Yeah, so um, I, I thought we should have shot it more from the outside. But it's easy to say that now when you're looking back at it hindsight. So you got to regroup. You got to go recruit. And you got to go try to get better next year and go on another run. And I think Tennessee has a culture to do that. You got to think about this too, Ben. I did not mention this earlier. I forgot it, but I'm going to say it now. Coach K is out of there. So you lost Paulo Banchero to Duke because of Coach K, right? Now, Tennessee and Rick Barnes should be one of those teams that top recruits should want to go play play it. Look what happened with Kenny Chandler. I don't know if John Sire there at Duke is going to attract the, the, the high-level blue chips like Coach K did at Duke. Now, Hubert Davis has done a really good job with North Carolina team late in the season, especially right now. So the North Carolina brand is still, is still strong, and they're having success with Hubert Davis. So North Carolina, I expect to continue to recruit at a high level, but uh, Tennessee should be one of those teams that brings in talent along with Kentucky and, and Gonzaga now. So, reasons to be optimistic about the future. Hour 2 continues after this. You're listening to The Swain Event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Yeah. In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out, and make recommendations. No project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the MN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. Com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. 
Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. event fuel by dead end barbecue top 100 barbecue restaurant all right let's get to around the sec let it rip ben we have some coaching news to discuss because florida missouri and mississippi state has made coaching hires i don't know if we mentioned this on friday i can't remember if it happened on friday my my days are just all mashed together since since i left for indy wednesday at six o'clock it's just been going 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 gone you, hey man you you big time man uh just trying to be like you uh but mississippi state according to pete bamel is expected to hire new mexico state's chris jance to be the school's next coach. The sides are expected to move quickly. A deal could be finalized soon. That was yesterday at 11.30. Chris Jans from New Mexico State going to be Mississippi State's new basketball coach, it appears. Uh, Missouri is hiring Cleveland State's Dennis Gates, according to Pete Thamel. Uh, a deal... At that point, had not been done, uh, and there was still administrative steps to take. But it was pretty evident that uh, those those two were were going to get married, and I do believe that that officially took place over the weekend. So Missouri hiring Dennis Gates from Cleveland State to replace Conzo Hands Martin, and then the other one is that Florida hired San Francisco coach Todd Golden be its next men's basketball coach signed a six-year deal so florida gets san francisco's todd golden all right so run run through the hired coaches in the sec so it's uh todd golden at florida from san fran mississippi state 
got um, New Mexico State's coach. Missouri got Cleveland State's coach. Georgia hired Mike White. LSU and who's the other opening? South Carolina have not yet hired anybody. LSU, there was some talk about Matt McMahon last night, which that would be a great hire for LSU. I, I love Matt McMahon. I hated to see my Murray State Racers lose to, to St. Peter's after Tennessee. Not a fun day of March Madness for old Ben, especially watching there in person, both Tennessee and Murray State lose. Not, no bueno. Uh, but LSU, South Carolina has not hired anybody. And then talking to, to some people from South Carolina last night at, at the baseball game, sounds like the South Carolina basketball coaching search has been in just an absolute disaster. They, they thought they were going to get Sean Miller, vetted Sean Miller for months, and we're on the verge of, of signing him to a contract, and Sean Miller's agent leveraged South Carolina to get Xavier to fire their coach and hire Sean Miller and bring Sean Miller back to Xavier. <laughs> so South Carolina got played pretty bad. And and then there's some other coaches that they've swung and missed on and they, they, they don't really have a direction uh, that, that they're going in at the moment. So at, le- at least Tennessee's not South Carolina. Well, there's this, I think this thought sometimes with, with us, this woe is me attitude that we just have bad luck. Well, we do have bad luck. Tony Vitello was was dropped in our lap by John Curry. When you needed a coach, it so happened that Rick Barnes, one of the most respected coaches in college basketball, was available. Boom, you hired him. And I, I just ask you this, do you want to be hiring a basketball coach right now in the SEC? If you're Tennessee, uh, no. By looking at those those hires, well, I, I do think Tennessee is a significantly better basketball job than maybe not significantly, but a, a better basketball job than South Carolina and Mississippi State and Missouri and Georgia. So I, I think Tennessee would be at the top of. You gonna throw Florida in there too? Uh, I don't. I mean, well, I think I think at minimum they're they're even. I think you could make the case that Tennessee's a better basketball job than Florida. Florida has obviously had more history because of what Billy Donovan mm-hmm. was able to do, but I believe that's really the only success that they've had in their history. Their fans don't really care about basketball because they are front runners and bandwagoners. Mm-hmm. They, they don't show up in support. It's not like they have the greatest facilities on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you can recruit to Florida, but it's not like you're in a hotbed. Missouri's in a better hotbed recruiting wise than Florida is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think right now Tennessee would be a better coaching job than Florida, just where the two programs are currently. I, I think Tennessee and LSU would be the two best jobs open. But, I mean, still, I mean, there's a lot of jobs open in the SEC. Although I do think that Tennessee would go to the top of that list if if it were open. Well, you know, Florida, you would think that Florida will be able to go out there and hire a proven you know, coach uh, at a higher level, <clears throat> and they didn't do that. Uh, you look at Arkansas and what Arkansas did. They went out and got Eric Musselman from Nevada a couple of years ago when uh, Eric Musselman took that Nevada team on a nice run, had the, had the, the, the brothers lighted it up, um, the, the Martins, and, mm-hmm. and I know one of them plays for the Hornets that's doing a really good job uh, last time I checked. So, Caleb Martin. Mm-hmm. So it's, we see it in football where there's a, there's a coaching search and you know, that fan base thinks that, all right, you're going to go steal away a proven head coach. It just doesn't happen that much. Like, coaches are happy where they are. And you look at a national brand like Florida, they, they had to go make a, a mid-major type of type of hire. Uh, yeah. and not saying that that is a bad hire, but it just lets you know that sometimes the fans' expectations, when you look at your brand and you say, man, we should be able to go out and get anybody. Well, you had to go get Mike White the first time from La Tech. And now you're getting another Small school coach. So I'm just, I, I say all that to say that I'm just f- happy and fortunate that we have a Hall of Fame coach as our head coach. A, a coach that was a national coach of the year. A coach that led Tennessee to an SEC tournament win for the first time in 43 years. Am I disappointed? 
Absolutely. I'm hurt. I'm hurting for those players. I'm hurting. But when you put things in perspective, like there's only a few teams that can that can experience what they experienced this year and go make another run the next year. Some teams, it's going to take them multiple years to get back to that point. Tennessee is not one of those teams because Tennessee will recruit well and the culture is set. The standard has been set. And they'll be they'll be back for you know competing for SEC championships. They'll be they'll be back next year. So losing stinks, it hurts. But I don't think that's that's a reason sometimes to be so emotional where you just say something you just don't mean. Like meaning what you say and saying what you mean, I think it's so, so, so important. And I think people just put that to the wayside. It just pop off at the mouth, and then five minutes later, they don't mean what they say. Like, it's, like we are fortunate to be in the position that we are in. Tennessee I, is very fortunate, mm-hmm. but they also have bad luck. They also you create your luck. Have bad luck. You do, you do. But uh, Tennessee fans have been kicked in the the nards for a decade now, so I I understand the the feelings of of where they are coming from. Uh, Cody Martin is the one that plays for the Hornets. Caleb Martin now plays for the Miami Heat. And both of them balling. Yes, mm-hmm. both both of them have been really good NBA players. I I want to say Cody Martin a little bit better than Caleb, but neither here nor there. Uh, and I agree with you. I, I was kind of surprised that Florida wasn't able to go out and and hire somebody away from somebody. Uh, I, I like the San Francisco coach. That that San Francisco Murray State game that I sat through on Thursday night after Kentucky lost to St. Peter's and the Peacocks, uh, that that was arguably the best game of the first round, going into overtime and and trading, trading blows back and forth. It was a phenomenal game. And I, I was very impressed by Sam Fran's coach. And I, I was aware of him prior to that game. It wasn't just a one-game opinion that I was forming. Uh, so it seems like a good hire for Florida, but you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And you would think, like you mentioned, that at a place like Florida, they could go hire somebody away from a school. That That's what you would think. Um, and I'll be curious to see if LSU tries to go that route. I, I don't know that they'll be able to because of all the, the issues going on there at LSU and what the program's about to be hit with. Uh, even a guy like Matt McMahon from Murray State may not want to touch that. And, and I'll tell you right now, Matt McMahon's going to be a superstar wherever he – he ends up next. He he is a a stud uh, of a coach. Uh, he he's terrific. But I, I've been underwhelmed with with the SEC coaching hires uh, this this cycle. We'll see how they play out. Again, uh, Cleveland State was was successful under that coach, and New Mexico State has has been successful as well. I mean, they they nearly just went to the Sweet Sixteen, nearly beat Arkansas. So maybe the, the moves do pay off. But I, I I figured that not just Florida, not just LSU, but I, I figured some of these SEC schools would, would go out and, and hire people away from Power 5 teams mm-hmm. or Power 6 in college basketball because you include the Big East. But I, I have been underwhelmed. And as the listeners have heard the last several, several weeks, I've been hyping up SEC basketball. And I do think it's as good as it's ever been. SEC. And going into to the weekend, I was talking about the SEC as one of the best conferences in, in the country, which they, they were. I, I said that I thought they were the best conference in the country and, and at least 1A, 1B with the Big Big Ten. But I, I don't know that I can say that after this past weekend. It, it was a really poor showing from the SEC. Kentucky. I don't know who's the best, honestly. I don't either, but I lost a lot of stock in, in the SEC this weekend. Kentucky losing, Auburn losing, and, and neither of those two teams looked good. Alabama did not look good, and, and it was really unfortunate to see Javon Quinterly get hurt just from a human perspective. And Nate Oates and Quinterly did, did – or Nate Oates said that Javon Quinterly's intention was to test the draft process and turn professional 
but the injury will put a kink in his plans. The doctor didn't think it was good, but we don't have we don't want to speculate until we get an MRI. And it, it did not come back good. And Javon Quinterly is done at Alabama, but that that was an injury that changed the trajectory of that Alabama game. But still, Alabama did not look good. Uh, Tennessee, they didn't look bad. Uh, they, they just lost a game. Tennessee's loss was different than Kentucky's, Auburn's, and, and Alabama's, in my opinion. Uh, LSU did not look good, losing to Iowa State without its head coach. Uh, and then I know Arkansas is in the Sweet 16, but Arkansas hasn't looked good in their first two games in the tournament. I think they've benefited from the opponent that they've played, and you still get credit. I, I'm just saying that they haven't looked good in, in the process of winning, which I would trade a – a good-looking win for for an ugly win right now in Tennessee's case. I would I would have, have loved an ugly win, but hopefully you, you get the point of what I'm trying to convey. I, I lost stock in the SEC this weekend is my ultimate point. I don't see how you couldn't. It, it was a really bad weekend for SEC basketball. Yep. It was, man. It, it was. I just don't know who's better. I don't know, who, I don't know which conference is, is better because – Big Ten had more teams in than the SEC, but they have two left, and Tennessee has I mean, Tennessee, but SEC has one left. And then the ACC was down all year, and their teams have been the best in in the tourney so far. Yep, Duke, Duke, North Carolina, Miami. Mm-hmm. They got three teams. So, so I, I don't know what to think. The last thing I've got for you for around the SEC football note that needs to be mentioned on Friday: Emory Jones. Florida's quarterback entered the transfer portal. Do you want him in? No. Just kidding. No. I do not want Emory Jones. What I want is for Emory Jones to stay at Florida and be the quarterback of the Gators. Now, looks like he is out of there. Let's go to the phones. We've got Jay. Jay, good morning. Guys, good morning. Hey, uh, did y'all say the Florida made a basketball hire? I, I, I caught the tail end of that. Yes, they hired San Who Francisco's that? coach. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. That that is <laughs> that is interesting. Um, guys, I you know after this weekend, to me, I I, I think there's two things that can be equally true here. Um, about just Coach Barnes, our program, and just things in general. I think Coach Barnes is going to do what he's always done in terms of the regular season. He's going to win a lot of games. He's going to have a really good, stable program. He's not going to get us in any sort of NCAA trouble. He's going to put more players in the NBA than any other era of Tennessee basketball. And... uh, you know, we're going to be a well-thought-of, stable winning program in the regular season. And I think when March comes around, he's going to do what he has done more times than not. He's going to get bounced early. He's going to underachieve or be viewed as underachieving. And, you know, he's going to struggle to make it out the first weekend. At this, I don't know what the reason is, but I know that there's a consistent um, – result that keeps happening with coach Barnes in the tournament and you just you can't ignore it at this point I don't know how this is going to end is coach Barnes going to retire in a few years or do I don't think Tennessee fans are anywhere close to there but do they eventually get to the point that Texas fans were where they were just tired of you know getting bounced early but I think right now that's that's our program I think our cap is losing in the Sweet 16. I, I think that's just where it's at. I don't know why, Coach. I mean, I, I don't really know how to explain it. I can't explain why we lose to Florida the way we do every year in football. It doesn't make sense. We can go and beat Missouri and South Carolina by 50 points. Then they turn around and beat Florida, but we still lose to Florida. It, some things just don't make sense. Barnes in this tournament just doesn't make sense, but it keeps happening. And I think that's what we're going to be, and we just kind of have to accept it. I look at Barnes from from his time here at Tennessee, and um, I know what he did at Texas. I know they ran him out of town for whatever reason. They still haven't been able to recover since. Have they won an NCAA tournament game since 
I think this I year. Guess, I guess this was their first win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They since. lost lost yesterday, so one NCAA tournament win since they fired Rick. When they fired Rick to get more NCAA tournament wins, and uh, Rick has had more wins with a Tennessee basketball program that was nowhere near what Texas was when Rick left. Mm-hmm. I just, yep. I just, I just think it's it's more than that, Jay. I, I think I think this whole well. Rick Barnes just doesn't do this in a tournament. I, I just think it's a lazy. I think it's a lazy take, man. I just well, think lazy when you see the results, though, Swain. I mean, you can't argue with the results. But for whatever reason that it happened, like this game last game, I don't put it on Coach Barnes. We went two for eighteen from three pointers. But you mentioned Let's Coach go. Barnes. Like that was, that's what you but, open up with. Your your statement was I'm about. Saying, I'm not blaming every loss tournament loss on coach Barnes I'm not I don't blame this last loss on coach Barnes but it does keep happening to him why does that keep happening to him I mean either he's he's winning or he's losing either he's getting bounced early or he's not which one's happening he lost early this year I mean if you want to look at if you want to look at last year he he lost he lost early last year if you want to look at 18-19 I mean you ran to a Purdue team and it's not like it's not like Rick Barnes is shooting the ball. It's not like Rick Barnes is getting out coached. I mean, it's hard did, to advance. I mean, VCU, hold on, hold on. Shaka Smart was crushing people at VCU. And everybody wanted Shaka Smart. Everybody. Texas finally right. gets him. He does nothing at Texas. And then they fire him. They go out and they get Beard. And Beard wins one game. It's one game that Texas have won in a tournament since they got rid of Rick Barnes. And so it just can't be just Rick Barnes. Like Kentucky has not won a tournament game since 2019 themselves. Like it's, it's, is it bad luck? Is everybody got bad luck or is a tournament just hard? Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I just can't sit here and go, man, Rick Barnes got bad luck and, and Rick, Rick Barnes not getting it done in the tournament. I understand his record and all. I get that, but it's hard to ignore everything else that's going on with the tournament, how other teams with good seeding, good players, also get bounced early too, and we just ignore that. But, Swain, his, nobody, we're talking every year the guy can't even make, barely make it out of the first round, uh, first weekend. This is more than just most people lose in the tournament because most people don't win a national title. That's not what we're talking about here. The guy, that, that's, I mean, the last just take the last 10 tournament tries. He can't make it out the first weekend nine times. That's not a coincidence, man. This is this is a pattern that has long been developing way before he got to Tennessee. And to ignore that and just say, well, that's just, you know, that's just bad luck or that's just the way the ball rolled, that doesn't that I mean that doesn't that doesn't add up. I mean I don't I didn't how, follow his Texas team. So I, I don't I mean I, I would just be looking at you know, I will be Google searching and looking at his Wikipedia record at Texas, but I'm looking at his teams at Tennessee. And before I, before I say, well, Rick Barnes just doesn't have his teams prepared in the tournament, like, I need to at least watch those games. So, like, the games and, and the teams that he coached here at Tennessee, I have watched. I have followed. And I didn't feel like Rick Barnes had his teams um, less prepared than the opponent in those tournament games. I, last year was – Trash. It was bad. There's no doubt about it. No excuse for losing the way you did in the first round. But, like, I'm not pointing a finger at Rick Barnes for the Purdue loss when he couldn't make free throws and, and Ryan Klein is shooting threes with a hand in his face and he's making them. Um, and I'm not looking at Rick Barnes for, for you know, Michigan loss. I look at Rick Barnes from last year, but I get what you're saying. I really do. I, I understand what you're saying. I really, really get it. But – I also have to throw in the fact that others, other coaches who are getting more talent than, than Rick, who are supposed to be better than Rick, they're also struggling in the tournament, getting out the first weekend, getting out of the second round. And I think that it's part of it too, where March Madness is truly mad and it's hard to win single elimination games where you only get a few hours to prep for a team and anybody can beat anybody. Like, I think that's part of it too. It looks bad on Rick Barnes. It's bad optics, but I just think it's more than that. Well, I, I think Michigan is the antithesis of Rick Barnes. Michigan wins in the tournament with multiple coaches. They got more wins than any other team since 2013 in the tournament. They've been to five straight Sweet 16s. 
there's something about Michigan basketball when tournament time shows up, they're ready to roll. And I understand, but all the weight in NCAA basketball, fair or unfair, because we're really just talking about three or four games here. That's what, like 3% of your season? But all the weight is put on that. Most people will view Michigan's season at 17 and 14 better than ours because they're playing in the Sweet 16 and we're not. And I'm not saying it's all on Barnes. We had four three-pointers that went in and out of the rim. That's not Barnes's fault. We went two for 18. I think we got exposed because our guards were short, and I think that they struggled. I'm not putting that on Barnes. I'm not saying this is all Barnes' fault, but for whatever reason, there's a consistent result dating pre-Tennessee that this man produces in the tournament. It's a very consistent result, and that is him – Barely, if he can, making it to the Sweet 16 with what a team that was great in the regular season and has a lot of talent. I, that's all I'm saying. I think it. I think it has more to do with the NCAA tournament just being hard as hell than it does Rick Barnes. That's but my personal who, opinion. But for a, for a guy that's coached so long, Ben, and a guy that's won so many games, and a guy that's put so many players in the NBA. Who else is this happening to like this? Who 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 is having outside of Coach K? Who is having who is having great tournament success year in and year out? Well, I just told you Michigan. That's one team right there. But you name multiple coaches and and about Tom Izzo. Is he not known for? I know he lost, just lost. But is he not known for Izzo and March and over? Yeah, yes. But what has he done the last five years or so? I, 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 got, I maybe, got, maybe I got it right in my mind, but I, I can't think of Michigan State doing something in the tournament the last three, four, five years. Eight, 18, 19, they went to the Final Four. 14, 15, they went to the Final Four. In between that, you had first-round exit, second-round exit, second-round exit, first-four exit, round 32 exit. I mean, Michigan State is a blue blood. They're a powerhouse, man, and they get first. They get bounced in the first, second round, too. I mean, co- look, Coach K, Izzo, Chris Beard, has had tremendous amount of success in the tournament. He, he's a, a good tournament coach. Um, Kelvin Sampson is good in the tournament every year. I mean, th- those are the four coaches that you can say off the top of your head. I mean, who who else? Well, a lot of people don't have longevity as Barnes. You're right. I mean, like, we can insinuate, like, well, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Rick Barnes keep, keep getting bounced. Well, what is it then? Like, are you are you, are we saying that Rick Barnes is just not good in a tournament? I mean, if you if you feel that way, then, then just say it. But I don't see how you can how you can just say that without pointing out the fact that there's a lot of great coaches that also gets bounced in tournaments versus teams who, if you played them in a the regular season, you would probably beat them by twenty points. But in in single elimination, where anybody can beat anybody, I remember when Mercer beat Duke, like. Like it, it happens, man, and you have to be partly lucky as well. So, Jay, what do you think about Bruce Pearl in the NCAA tournament? He's a much better tournament coach. He's made it out of the first weekend once in the last nine tournament appearances. But got to the Final Four that one time. He did get to that Final Four. Guys, I think it's I, – I can't – I think we're bad at beating Florida at football. I think Coach Barnes is bad at the, in the tournament. Although you because just I said go, it wasn't his fault. I go by results. And Bruce Pearl, although he made the Final Four, has the same results as Rick Barnes of getting out of the first weekend once in the last nine years, which is something you started your call with. But he's also been he, – he took us to an Elite Eight. He took us to multiple Sweet 16s. He took Auburn to a, to a Final Four. Hasn't, hasn't Rick been to multiple Elite Eights and multiple Sweet 16s and a Final Four? He's been to a Sweet 16 here. I'm talking about, and he's been to a Final Four. You're right, but if you look, but at Bruce isn't at Tennessee anymore. He's at Auburn now. So why are you mentioning uh, Tennessee never, results? If we if we can't been, mention Texas results for Rick, why why should we mention Tennessee results for Bruce? Rick Barnes has only beat a higher seed once in his in his life, and the, in the last nine out of ten years, he gets bounced in the first round or in the first weekend. And y'all just y'all just act like that's just something we should ignore. No, I'm not ignoring no, it. no, we're not. Last, not ignoring it. Last year, after Tennessee's embarrassing loss to Oregon State, I asked the question: What happens if this continues? Because it is a a trend 
with Rick Barnes. But to it think just that happened again. So it just happened again. So what happens then? I mean, do, so do you again. you this loss is different than last year's loss to me. I'm sorry. It may not be for you, but it's different than last year's loss. They lost oh, because they went two of eighteen from three and were missing wide open shots. His his coaching got the players good looks that the players did not knock down. If you want to nitpick Barnes for the loss this year, it's the personnel that he provided on this team with, with the post players and the lack of post players. But, again, it produces the same result like you just said, Ben. What if this keeps happening? It happened. I'm, and if it keeps happening, it can keep happening. I'm not going to want to get rid of Rick Barnes because I know I'm what Tennessee basketball that. is. I'm not, I'm not saying get rid of Rick Barnes. But like you just said, what do you do if this keeps happening? What, if what are you saying, next? though? What, like, what, what, you, if he, what if this trend continues? Uh, what if the trend continues? What are you saying, a, though, Jay? Like You're just asking the question. Like It what, sounds like you're trying to say something without saying yeah, it. Yeah, just say it, Jay. You want to fire him if he does it over and over? Just say it. I'm saying, what do you want out of the program? If, is this okay just to keep losing like this? in the, the first weekend every year, basically. Nine out of ten years, that's 90% of the time. You all acting like this is like just every now and then. 90% of the time, if this, like you just said, Ben, if the trend continues, is is that okay? What I mean, what is okay for the program? That's what I'm asking. Well, he hasn't gone one and done every I'm, single year. He, he's gone to the Sweet 16. And, again, like I'm, I'm not mad at him for, for the loss this year, so I'm not counting this against him like you are. I mean, I think that's the difference. Like, I like. So next year, if it, it happens again, we just don't shoot the ball well or something, then it's just don't worry about it. No big deal. It is a big deal, but are you going to fire him because his team doesn't shoot well, but they go on to win more games than you know, basically ninety percent of the SEC? Are we at that well, level? Are we at, at that level of expectation with our basketball program, like like Kentucky and North Carolina and Duke? Are we at that level yet? The answer is the answer is no. So, yeah, we disappointed. We're not giving Rick Barnes a, like, it's okay to lose. But at the same time, he put things in perspective and go, hey, man, like, it's hard to win in the tournament. And there's a lot of other great coaches who also are getting bounced in the first and second round, first weekend. But we're not Michigan State. We don't have Michigan State basketball standards. We're not North Carolina. We don't have North Carolina basketball standards. Like, we we don't. So, mm. right now, right now, Rick Barnes is 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 we're lucky to have Rick Barnes. Like we really are. Do we want to win more? Absolutely, want to win more. But I'm judging Rick Barnes on what he has done at Tennessee. I'm not looking at the last ten years. I'm looking at what he has done here and what he has done here in his first two seasons was take a program that had Bruce Pearl got fired for uh, cheating and he took a bunch of dudes, made them better made the team better, made the program better, and then took them to the tournament, lost in the rounds of 32 in 2017-2018. Sucks, no doubt about it. And then the next year, he takes a team that was number one in the country. He wins coach of the year, and you shot poorly from the free throw line. You had a foul called on uh, Lamonte Turner where the Purdue player kicks his legs out. Carson Edwards kicks his legs out, and boom, that's, that's the game. And then the next season, the postseason is canceled due to COVID. And then the next season, you get bounced by Oregon State. And, yeah, that absolutely sucked. I was upset at the, at the, at the effort. I was upset at the sense of urgency. But I do understand that a lot of teams during that year had the same issue. Like, COVID mentally did a, did a number on a lot of teams in the country, just not Tennessee. And then you come back the next year, and you win the SEC tournament for the first time in 43 years. So I'm judging Rick Barnes what he's done here at Tennessee, and he's done a damn good job. Do I want more? You damn right I want more. I want Rick Barnes to go further. I want that. But I'm not going to insinuate that, you know, we should do something without – like, if you want to fire him, go ahead and fire him. If you want to fire him, go ahead and, and see where that gets us. We've been through this before. Look around the league, this 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 coaching search. A team in Florida that has won multiple championships in basketball hired a dude from San Francisco. And listen, he may be good. He may be awesome. And maybe they get a Nate Oates where, you know, next year that guy can make a huge run and go to the portal or whatever. Um, that, you know, that maybe that's the case. But 
I'm not sitting here saying that I'm just thrilled and pleased with losing. I'm not. But the tournament, guys, like it's hard. It is. It is freaking hard. That, see that that's that's the thing. Has Rick Barnes, Rick Barnes, underwhelmed in the NCAA tournament historically? Yes. Yes, he has. Losing to Loyola Chicago, underwhelming. Losing to Purdue, despite the circumstances, underwhelming. Losing to Oregon State, underwhelming. Losing to Michigan, despite the circumstances, underwhelming. Yes, he historically has been underwhelming in the NCAA tournament, but people think that it's easy to win in the NCAA tournament, and it's not. It's hard. Outside of what? Three, four, five coaches? Yeah. What's what's your solution? Like, the solution is to go get Jay Wright. All right, good luck. The right. solution is to try to get someone better, right? All right, go get Mark Few. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, Mark Few, <laughs> been, been to the tournament 22 years in a row, has still yet to win a national championship. And this might be the d- year d- for him. Despite having great team after great team after great team after great team. And and really, until the last couple of years, he routinely over underwhelmed in, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, last, last year was the first time they got to the title game, I believe, or, or second time. But uh, uh, until the last couple of years, he had underwhelmed for many years in a row. Yeah, like I'm, I'm with Jay. I'm not happy with getting bounced early. But Jay mentioned the fact that or it wasn't Rick Barnes' fault that they missed all these threes, but then lumped in this year with his argument. I don't understand that. I knew this would happen if if Tennessee was was to to lose in this fashion. I knew this, this would happen. We why, knew it. Yep. That's why I said that. That's what I feared the most, just because I, I hate that Rick has to, to catch this criticism because it, it's it's not black or white. It, it's just not. It, it's it's not. There are there are circumstances. There there is context. And I don't I don't think people realize how hard it is to win in the NCAA tournament. This isn't football. Tennessee was one of the, the one of thirty two teams remaining in the country and in basketball when, when you're one of the 32 teams remaining in the country it, it is it, it is an absolute war to become one of the 16 teams left remaining in the country and then one of the last eight teams remaining in the country that that's why over the course of Tennessee's basketball history that has featured double digit head coaches I would imagine don't know for sure how many coaches Tennessee has had but I would imagine it, it's around 10 or so one Elite Eight appearance. And that's it. Zero Final Four appearances. They, they've made it past the Sweet 16. Double-digit coaches, only one of them made it past the Sweet 16 because it is hard to win in the NCAA tournament. There's only a couple of coaches who routinely have success in, in, in March. It, it's been Izzo and K for so many years. Jay Wright of late, Chris Beard of late. Ten since Ray Mears. And Ray Mears was the GOAT of Tennessee basketball coaching. He had ten since Ray Mears. Since 1977. People people think that it's just a cakewalk in, in the NCAA tournament. It, it's not. Even your opening round games are, are tough against no-name teams. Everybody is, is in the tournament for a reason. Obviously, teams are better than others, but for the most part, everybody's going to be a tough out. It's a crapshoot. You mentioned being disappointed and underachieving, and and it's fair. Like he's, it's fair to say that about Rick Barnes, but when it comes to coming up with a solution, folks will have a. Folks don't have an answer. So what's the answer? If you're gonna come up with the problem, what's the what's the solution? And that's and that's what people hit the roadblock. That's when people pump the brakes. That's when people hit the dead end. Because they know, they know the solution is not just going to try to get Jay right. Because it's not realistic. So then we just say we say stuff without, without bringing up the solution, without 
having a a a, a answer for what we have deemed a shortcoming for Rick Barnes. All right, so what do we do? The only thing you can do is go recruit better players and do it again. Coach harder, recruit better players, and go do it again. Because the answer sure ain't getting another coach. That's not the answer. That is not the answer. That is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous at this point. National Coach of the Year, just a few years ago, you won the SEC tournament for the first time in 43 years. I don't care what he did in Texas. Come on, what he did here in Tennessee. Because I know he ain't the same coach as he was at Texas. It may look like it is because you look at the postseason results. But if you ain't followed Texas, how do you really know what kind of coach Rick Barnes was at Texas? You can't. Which is why you just go to Google and look at his records at Texas and assume he's the same coach. There's no way he's the same coach. Be right back. 